you've heard from the players, the coaches, and the pundits. Now it's your turn to react to yesterday's Packers game. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open at 855-616-1620. This is the Monday Morning Quarterback, sponsored by Steinhoffels and Ho-Chunk Gaming Wisconsin Dells. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Scafidi and Brian D. Stafford looks it over. And here's the snap. Stafford, tight pocket. Hit as he throws left side. It's yes! intercepted. Down the right sidelines. Douglas to the house. High stepping. Touchdown. Green Bay. And a third quarter dagger. It's 36 to 17. Wayne Larravee on Monday Morning Quarterback. Brian D. rolling out the dagger third quarter. Yeah, so I asked Wayne when he joined us on Wisconsin's Morning News earlier this morning the earliest dagger that he could recall in his career. And he said in Wade Phillips' final game as Dallas Cowboys head coach, he called a second quarter dagger in a blowout for the wow. I'm surprised you didn't do one in the uh, the Bears. It was a Monday night game a few years. It was like 42 to nothing at halftime. I think they won like 55 yeah. and- 14 or something ridiculous. I remember the game fondly, but uh, yeah, apparently that was the earliest he could remember. All right, so, uh, and, and welcome to Carol Kane as well. She joins us as as usual on Monday Morning Court. Before you jump in there, uh huh. Um, this was a game that a lot of the experts were looking at to see, one, gauge how well the Packers would recover from their loss to Minnesota, mm-hmm. and two, against one of the best in the NFC. Mm-hmm. They say the Los Angeles Rams, who now have lost, correct me if I'm wrong, three straights. Yep. And not in good fashion. Yeah. What game, do you make of the game? Uh, it, it was a, a heavyweight clash in a lot of ways. I mean, this was a really good football game at halftime, 20-17. to 17, And it looked like these two offenses were mirroring each other. Like they were scoring on the same little option route to their running backs in the red zone. They're very similar football teams. Uh, I do think it's worth bringing up that the Rams are dealing with some injury issues too. They're down one of their top wide receivers in Robert Woods. So uh, it takes nothing away from what the Packers accomplished. It was a dominant performance in the third quarter and into the fourth yesterday for the Packers. They deserved in every way to win. And uh, it, it was billed as a clash of titans in the NFC. It turned out to be that. And the Packers. Uh, were the stronger team, and they deserved to win yesterday. It was a great game. I agree with you, and let me just make this statement quickly. I'm so mad that Minnesota has now defeated us, not only NFL, but also just raked over the Badgers. It's just like, God darn it. Yeah, tough weekend for sure, uh, and the Badgers game was ugly down the stretch. Nothing yeah. is, uh, as Gene put it, nothing's more nauseating than seeing them celebrate playing jump around in their stadium with Paul Bunyan's axe. Oh, well, It didn't what stop me do? yesterday from some uh, sending out thoughts and prayers to the state of Minnesota mm-hmm. for the, uh, the loss that they suffered at the hands of the 49ers yesterday. Did you see what Kirk Cousins did? as well there was a play down oh, by his own goodness. goal line where he he lined up to take the snap except he wasn't under his center he was under wrong his, guy his right guard's butt so right. he lined up under the wrong that's guy. hilarious yeah there was no football under that's there. hilarious you would think the guy that he was behind would turn around and look at him and go dude you're behind the wrong bu- the, the wrong butt there's okay? a great picture out there of him behind the right guard and then the the running backs back there and there's the guy next to him the center just sitting there with the ball it's where the like heck classic. are you man we're trying to run a play here i i can't recall that happen i've seen it happen sort of where they they go up and then they realize pretty quickly yeah but he was like ready to go oh yeah yeah i uh, not not a good look for kirk cousins and did, he, did he talk look. about it at all oh yeah he just said after the game yeah i'm an idiot i had a brain fart lined up under the wrong guy mm. so, you know i watching that game yesterday um and there's one and brian you and steve too you can help me with exactly where it was because the play to me was so extraordinary i don't even know when it happened it was aaron Rodgers rolling back 
the coverage was unbelievable. And the way he, threading the needle is an understatement. Yep. And how he got it to his receiver, I don't no. So I believe this was in the second quarter. Let me see if I can find the highlight quickly because it was that good. He threaded the needle, Carol, to a pass to Randall Cobb. And Cobb kind of scampered through the coverage. I think this was it right here. Snap to Rodgers looking. Swings it left side. Cobb. Nobody left sideline. 20, 25. He's to the 30. Slips the defender. 35. Out to the 37-yard line. Right down the left sidelines in front of Sean McVay on the Rams side of the field. Troy Reader finally got him down. They mark it in the 38, 27-yard pass play. That actually wasn't it. It was a 54-yard catch that yeah. you're referring to. I got the wrong highlight, but you're right. I mean, he threaded this thing right over the outreached hand of a linebacker, but just perfectly in front of a cornerback. You don't see those precision-type throws from... Uh, 28 or 29 quarterbacks in the league, there are two or three that can make And you that know, kind of you throw. can tell by looking at him, he knows he's going to make it. Oh, yeah. You know, there's just no, he's, you can call him cocky and ha- he's got tons of bravado, but when you do stuff like this, you totally proven it. Well, that, that throws difficult to make, nearly impossible to make in a dome with perfect health with a great wide receiver, right? And in this situation, it was windy at Lambeau yesterday from what I understand. I wasn't there, but swirling winds down in that place. Aaron Rodgers has a broken left toe. Uh, It's cold outside, and he's not throwing that to Devontae Adams. Now, he's got great chemistry with Randall Cobb. We know that, but all of those factors would conspire in a way to say that's impossible. Oh, that's and unbelievable. He makes the impossible possible. On a night they celebrated the the, the great career of uh, Woodson with the the you know putting his name on the Ring of Honor there and then giving him his Hall of Fame ring. It is incredible. Again, and I, you know, I'm a fanboy beyond fanboys of Aaron Rodgers to see the level of quarterback play he. Mm-hmm. He throws out there every Sunday. It is amazing. And, and to Carol's point, he's dropping passes, getting passes. You saw it a couple times. Donald had his hands up on one play, and, and the ball was right through his hands. Right through. Right to the receiver. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable what he's doing out there. And he's doing it at age 37, right? Uh, it, it, he's still able to play at this caliber this late in his career, and that's the reason the Packers wanted him back so dearly, despite the uh, the uh, back and forth of the offseason. That's the reason he was in such high demand when it looked like the Packers might let him go. The other big thing that I took away from this game was that LaFleur's led Packers have never lost. Did I get this right? Back to back games? That's correct, still. In three in, years, in as a rookie years. coach, you know, three now in his third season, that's pretty remarkable. It speaks not only to LaFleur, but to his entire coaching staff's ability to rebound from losses and get back and look at the film and say, what did we do wrong? How can we improve? Let's get back on track. Let's re-motivate and let's move forward. So huge credit to the head coach and to his entire staff over the course of three years of just refocusing guys and getting the team back on track after losses. All right, after the break, I want to talk about the, the role of the general manager. It's playing a very big role in this this season's success. We don't like giving Goody credit, but mm. some is coming in just a couple of minutes. I think Brian said it very very well there. All right, you're listening to Monday Morning Quarterback, sponsored, of course, by Steinhoffels and Ho-Chunk Gaming with Wisconsin Dells. Second down and goal to go from the five of Los Angeles. Devontae in motion to the left side. Rodgers in the shotgun, Dillon to his left. Snap to A-Rod in the pocket, dumps it over the middle. He's got Dillon, breaks a tackle to the end zone. Touchdown! Troy Reader could not bring down A.J. Dillon. And the Packers extend the lead to 26-17. That was Wayne Larravee on the call yesterday. Packers beating up on the Rams. Score was a little closer than it actually was because uh, you know with the early dagger in the third quarter uh-huh. they they put it to the Rams yesterday they didn't didn't take any or hold anything back 
Got to mention the work of the general manager, Brian Gutekunst. There are, there are about four or five players that we know of that are playing on this team, filling those holes that were a necessity because of the injuries this team has faced this year. Brian Gutekunst got so much crap, some of it warranted during the offseason for the way the Aaron Rodgers situation was handled, right? Uh, and he was, uh, to a lot of Packer fans, public enemy number one in a lot of ways for uh, this eroding relationship with his quarterback. Some of it stemming from trading up to draft Jordan Love. He took A.J. Dillon. Why did we need a running back? We had Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. What are you wasting a second-round pick on a running back for? Yada, 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 yada. Flying under the radar, he was able to salvage the relationship with the quarterback, at least until this point, to the to the point where he came back and they're 9-3, and three, and Rodgers seems relatively happy with mm-hmm. the way things are going. A.J. Dillon's a damn beast out there and is necessary and has turned into a beloved figure in our state, embracing Door County and the A.C. Tap Chicken Wings. Mayor of, uh, of Door County, yeah, if there like could the, be such a thing. He's the best asset up there, along with cranberries and fish boils and <laughs> all sorts of good stuff. Uh, so he's been a monster. And then, uh, most importantly, the depth he has built on this roster to be able to continue to win football games with all of the injuries they've suffered is ridiculous. Rasul Douglas picked up off the Cardinals practice squad in the middle of the season after Jair Alexander goes down. He gets the pick six yesterday, gets the game-sealing interception against the Cardinals. He's been terrific. How about Yash Nyman? Undrafted dude, comes in, doesn't miss a blink because Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins are out. Devondre Campbell picked up off the street in the offseason, is the heart and soul of this Joe Barry defense. Chris Barnes, undrafted in 2020, uh, leads the Packers in tackles yesterday, recovers a fumble. Like The depth that Goody has built on this roster is the strength of the roster, and it's the reason the Packers wake up 9-3 and three this you, morning. You mentioned the offensive line. Patched together all season long, obviously missing Bakhtiari, and, and we still don't know. We're hoping after the bye, but he had some cleanup on his knee that uh, he had the torn ACL. The, the job that they have done to protect Aaron Rodgers for the most part, yesterday they had one throwaway sack when he was trying to run. Mm-hmm. That was it against arguably one of the best defensive lines in football. That's the key right there. They're not playing the Texans. This is Aaron Donald, for my money, the best defensive player in football. And, you know, there are some goody draft picks along that line, too. It's not just Yash Nyman undrafted. Uh, John Runyon's in there, right? I mean, they've done a good job developing Lucas Patrick and Billy Turner. Like, Goody deserves so much more credit than he receives for building this roster to a championship place. And uh, I get that, you know, he, he's made some mistakes. And I think he would admit publicly he's made some mistakes in the way that he handled the Jordan Love selection, not communicating with Aaron Rodgers, that kind of thing. But... Credit needs to be given where credit is due. This is a deep championship-level roster that he's built over the course of three or four years here. Let me ask you, because you just went through that list of kind of ragtag group of folks that he's kind of put together. Mm -hmm. Is there something about coming to Green Bay, even though it's the smallest city, is there something about coming to Lambeau, the mystique of it, that makes people rise to the occasion, do you think? I don't think it's Green Bay as much as it is coming to a place where you feel like you belong. Because oh, okay. all of these people that we just mentioned got cast off or were told they were not good enough by other organizations in football, right? Rasul Douglas is a great example. He was with the Cardinals. You're on the practice squad. You're not good enough to start on a team that's leading the NFC right now. You're going to sit down there. 
he he probably felt disrespected by that. He probably felt in practices, look, I can play with these guys, and he's proving it in Green Bay because they've given him a chance to do so. Some of these undrafted uh, players got looked over not once, but seven times by every team, including the Green Bay Packers. Like Each team gets seven rounds in the NFL draft to select a guy. These undrafted guys got looked over seven times by every organization in football. Now the Packers are giving them a chance to succeed and they feel like they belong in this place where it's like, I got overlooked, I'm going to stick it to 31 other organizations. I totally get what they felt like, because I was picked last every single time <laughs> for everything. You're equating Nobody, yourself with, with no, the... Uh, well, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I was the anchor of the tug-of-war team. Come on, it doesn't get any lower than that. But uh, to, to, to that point, like I, I think there is something to that sense of belonging that it's not just one guy. There's a group of these guys that feel as though, look, we can be this island of misfit toys, so to speak, in Green Bay and be successful and stick it to everybody else. Well, I don't know if it was the local guys, uh, Aikman and Buck, that were covering the game or the, uh, the, the team on Fox afterwards, but they, somebody asked a question, when they're, all, when they're healthy, mm-hmm. this, this team may have not even had played its best football yet, and yes. they're 9-3. and three. Yeah, Troy Aikman said that uh, as they were kneeling out the clock yesterday. It's absolutely correct. Uh, now, we don't know if they're going to get to 100%. We don't know what Jair Alexander's availability is going to be down the stretch, or Zadarius Smith or David Bakhtiari. Even if they get back on the field, are they going to be 100% after missing so much time? Probably not, but it helps to have them out there, too. So I, I totally agree. I do not think we've seen this team peak yet, and that is very exciting. He is Brian D. Carroll Kane and Steve on this Monday morning, Victory Monday here on WTMJ. Monday morning quarterback, course, sponsored by Steinhoffels and Ho-Chunk Gaming, Wisconsin. Dell's got a few questions. We'll get to those after the break. In motion, Devontae to the left. Rodgers in the shotgun. Dylan to his right. Give Dylan and why not? Victor Dylan rolling right Rodgers to the end zone. Touchdown. Bad foot and all. Aaron Rodgers with a beautiful play fake. Monday morning quarterback sponsored by Steinhoffels and Ho Chunk Gaming, Wisconsin Dells. Steve and Brian and Carol. Let's bring in Tim calling from Oshkosh. Hey Tim, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. What's your What's question? Up, Tim? Hey, I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about um, the, the offensive line um, and one of the reasons why it's been so su- successful in the last, you know, couple of years. You got um, Bakhtiari, you know, obviously not playing this year, but do you guys think that his impact off the field and coaching these guys um, and basically teaching them everything he knows has uh, put a, you know, helped them out? Because he, uh, you know, he's been the top, Top guy in the league for a number of years now. Interesting question, Great Tim. Question. Bakhtiari's coach. Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly, yes. Uh, I remember standing on the sideline way back in training camp when Greg Matzik and I were splitting coverage, it feels like years ago. Uh, but over the summertime, and Bakhtiari was still far removed from making his return to the field, and he's getting closer and closer. But I remember seeing him not just coaching, like laying into young offensive linemen saying, you need to do this better. This is not good enough. He was coaching up during training camp. So I think if that's happening in public, in front of media and thousands of fans at training camp, you better believe it's happening behind closed doors too. He has undoubtedly had a great effect. Well, he is generally considered when healthy, one of the best, if not the best left yes. tackle in football. Yeah. So that wisdom, that experience, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, he wasn't a first round draft pick. No. So he was, he was down a ways. So, I mean, to have that level of experience, knowledge, 
and you know just the ability to understand the position and the line, I think it's helpful to the rest of the guys. One hundred percent. He was a fourth round pick. By yeah, the so nothing spectacular. So, and, and I think there's something to that of looking around at these other guys and going, "I've been in your position. Like you can be this good if you work hard at it and attain this knowledge." And he's been able to pass it along. He's been huge. Good time for a bye week, huh? Definitely, for Aaron Rodgers in particular. So uh, rumors are swirling this morning, and Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network reported this morning that surgery is very much on the table to potentially repair this toe injury. We don't know if that's going to happen. Rodgers is going to have more tests today. He's not expected to miss any time, but having the bye week here gives him the opportunity to potentially have a surgery, a minor one, sometime this week and still have time to recover before the Sunday night game against the Bears. Yeah, that's their next game, Sunday night against the Chicago Bears. Their schedule, I mean, they've got the Ravens, I think, left on their on. their their lineup uh, for what five games six games left yes yeah, so uh, they've got the Ravens and the Browns in terms of AFC opponents left and then they've got the another pass for the division the Bears the Vikings and the Lions it's important to win obviously all the games but particularly particularly the NFC games because if you get into a tiebreaker situation not with the Cardinals the Cardinals you already have the head-to-head but with the Buccaneers it's going to come down to conference record. So it's really important the Packers win these NFC games down the stretch, in addition to obviously beating the uh, the Browns and the Ravens, because you've still got an opportunity at that number one overall well, seed. Well, they were 4-0 against the, the NFC West, and they are, I think, undefeated in their own, while well, they lost to the Vikings. So one loss there. It helps. Real quick, uh, before we go to break, um, time for a new kicker, somebody asked me. No, come on. He's I, missed and, nine kicks. No, They're not going to, like... I understand where the frustration is stemming from. They're not going to cut Mason Crosby. It's just not going to happen. Like, I understand why people are frustrated because it's been a huge issue. It's not going to happen. I don't have a lot of confidence in the field goal group right now. I don't think anybody should, but just throw the idea out the window. It's not going to happen. One job, one job. <laughs> right. Thank you, Brian D. <laughs> Carol Kane back with Carol after the news, which is next right here on WTMJ. It's Monday, the first day of the work week, the most fun day of the week. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, it's Monday with Steve Scafidi and Carol Kane. Not just fun, but Victory Monday, Carol Kane, radio legend Carol Kane. Welcome. I knew, I knew you'd be in a good mood. Yeah. I thought that was just a phenomenal. I did. I thought it was a phenomenal game. It was so much fun to watch. It was. Now we get to all the serious topics. <laughs> I know. Well, okay. Skipping forward. No, it's just it, it was it was a great way to end what was not a great weekend because the Badgers, of course, took it under took it on the chin. Yeah. Uh, in Minnesota, every time they got to give that axe back, I feel a little twinge. Yeah, so a couple ways to get a hold of us. The Acton Mortgage Talk and Text Line, wide open, 855-616-1620. Just answered a question about uh, a dirty play in yesterday's game. But any anything's fair game. You can also email me at steve.scafidi2f1d at wtmj.com. Um, obviously, the big international story, Carol, is the uh, the new variant of the of the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, o- it, Omicron, Omicron. Omicron. I'm going to call it Omicron because I think that's the, the way okay. most people say it. Sure. Um, and, and its impact on the future. We're, like we're all trying to get through this, hopefully at the the end of the pandemic. And here we got another variant that uh, is presenting a challenge right now, mostly in Africa, but it's appearing at very small levels around the globe. We haven't seen anything here yet in the United States. Um, 
but you know it's coming you know that it's like a tidal wave you know it's going to be here sooner or later uh it just is so weird to me how uh, you know we just kind of feel like we got the handle on one and then the and then another one comes down the pike it's like what is this thing you know it just keeps mutating into something worse and this one omicron is really bad they say yeah well we don't have enough i don't think they have enough data to make that that leap but i think countries are right they're being cautious so i asked a question on my uh, twitter poll today my twitter show poll um you can find it at twitter at 620 wtmj or at wtmj steve the world health organization frequently uh, embattled now because people don't trust anything anymore warns a new covid variant the uh, omicron variant could pose a serious global health risk again lots to be uh, found out yet how much do you pay attention to these warnings here's my choices not at all I make my own decisions closely, lives at stake, or other. Already got a hundred and some votes right now. Closely, lives at stake is the uh, the leader on the course at about forty three percent. But the other ones, okay. they're they're getting votes. I watched a little TV yesterday, and I saw the renowned doctor, Doctor Fauci, who, depending on who you listen to, is either evil incarnate. Yeah, it's a villain or a savior. Yeah, exactly. And uh, this was his comment, and this is what I really want to talk about because we're not scientists. You're probably more than likely not scientists. We will obviously each of us assess our own risk uh-huh. risk sure. levels. Yeah, okay. I'm vaccinated. You're vaccinated. Yeah, most yeah. most people in the country are vaccinated. We know that uh, what is it, 81, 82 percent of U.S. adults have received one shot, and 70 plus percent of U.S. adults have received both. And with the boosters now, that being that process now starting, um, what do you make of it? Here's Dr. Anthony Fauci yesterday on CBS talking with Margaret Brennan about the perception of, of him and, and his work and his role in this pandemic. Senator Cruz told the Attorney General you should be prosecuted. Yeah. <laughs> I have to laugh at that. <laughs> I should be prosecuted. What happened on January 6th, Senator? <laughs> Do you think that this is about making you a scapegoat to deflect of course. from President Trump? Of course. You have to be asleep not to figure that one out. Well, there are a lot of Republican senators uh, taking aim at this. I mean, that's okay. I'm just going to do my job, and I'm going to be saving lives, and they're going to be lying. That last part, I think, is right on. You don't have to like them. No. And we know that there's a war on experts, and um, just as a quick refresher, because I like to do this occasionally, these are the things that we uh, we can't trust anymore, and, and Dr. Fauci is certainly front and center. <laughs> this is a long me, list. Yeah, let me go through a list again. Okay. Science, scientists and researchers, NIH, National Institute of Health, which is where Dr. Fauci usually resides, vaccines, hospital administrators, doctors, nurses, coroners, CIA, FBI, police officers, Department of Justice, IRS, election commissioners, city and county clerks, school boards, school districts, teachers, newspapers, journalists, banks, organized religion, Assisted Living Care Centers and their employees, juries, MVP quarterbacks, National Association of School Boards, even Sesame Street. And now, what I really want to talk about is the perception that you have, you that that are listening today, about Dr. Anthony Fauci. I know that a lot of people are getting a lot of attention by bashing him. Uh But to me, this is a good doctor trying to do the best he can do with with a situation that, as you mentioned in your comments, evolves, changes has variants that change our course of 
treatments right. and, and, and action. Well, None I, of this is easy. No, no. Um, and any medical personnel is going to get, you know, they're under the microscope, no matter what they do. You know, my sister-in-law and my brother are both in the medical field. I call them if I have a question. You know, I'm like, uh, what's, what's the deal? Um, I was listening to Fauci yesterday and also uh, watching some of the news reports. I went online and scheduled my booster. Because I'm like, you know, I just think maybe it... And you can call me and tell me that I'm going to wake up one day when I'm 90 years old and have three heads because of the vaccine. Okay, well, if I'm 93 with three heads, who cares? But I I just have to trust what they are presenting to me because I want to stay as safe as possible and keep my family as safe as possible. My friends, I want to... And I want to go do stuff. Me and my three heads, we're going to go travel. You know, that's just the way it is. Ultimately... this is the, the the magic and the power of vaccines. It allows you to get back to normal. And, you know, Texture says, yeah, but only 50% of the population. That's because the younger population have only just recently been allowed to get the vaccine. Once we have all the way down to, what, two years old? Then we will see a greater, greater number of people vaccinated that should knock this down. Now, again, there's no, there are questions here. We don't know yet the Omicron variant, how deadly it may or may not be. Right, right. And- I, I think, and here's, some, here's a little couple little details here. Israel is shutting down its borders, not allowing any foreigners to come into the country. This is st- the stuff you see in movies. Right. We're, we're closing our borders. Well, the U.S. is starting to shut down a bunch of stuff, too. We've yeah, got, from what, African, nine? African yeah. travelers. We've got a bunch of uh, countries that aren't going to be allowed to land. In fact, the, first, the last plane from South Africa just ro- landed today. But, yeah. That's the way you should look at this. Uh, right. I um, I don't know. I mean, I'm no, like you said, I'm not a doctor, but I'm just going to trust in the fact that they know the route that we kind of should be taking in order to proceed. And I, I know that there are breakthroughs. This is one thing that people argue about all the time. I have a friend that we argue about it all the time. That she says, I don't trust the fact that I'm still not going to get sick. And I said, yes, there are breakthrough viruses. No doubt about it. It doesn't mean that you're not going to get sick. Nothing's 100%. But, I mean, you know, the same the pneumonia shot, the flu shot, whatever. You just maybe, you st- might still get it. It's just not going to be terrible. I know this isn't always popular. But okay. I, li- I listen to my doctor. When my doctor tells me something, I usually do it. Almost always. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I can't think of something I didn't listen to him on, to be honest. Because that's his that's his job. When I go for my annual checkup, he tells me, you got to do this. You have to get this shot. Whatever it is, I do it. Mm-hmm, me because, too. Because he's the professional. I'm not. Now, this is a really specific question on the text line. You're welcome to join us. 855-616-1620, the Accident Mortgage. Talking text line. Uh, for uh, Carol, I'm noticing many young adults in Bayview and the East Side walking their dogs with masks on, even when by themselves... With their pets. Have you noticed this anywhere in your circle of dog people? I, to tell you the truth, I have seen more people, not necessarily dog walkers, but walkers overall that are walking with their masks on. And as I was coming down to work today, there's a guy in a car all by himself and he's got the mask on. So I think, and I have seen a much greater percentage of people in stores donning masks again well for a while there you kind of had that dead zone where it was just like nobody was wearing them and like now i think i went to the grocery store right before thanksgiving and i was really i was really interested to see i bet it was a 50 50 proposition well i was at um, my local um, optometrist and i had to get a a, you know vision check and um they required masks right and no one's no one's arguing about it we just do it it's like what's the big deal 
Well, I, and I don't, you know, if people tell me you got to wear a mask, then I'm going to be wearing a mask. And I mean, I've got, I'm traveling tomorrow. I'm leaving. And I know that in New York, I'm going to have to put a mask on. And it's like, okay, well, I want to go to New York, so I'm putting on a mask. Uh, 262 uh, text. Fauci is both a legitimate doctor and a bureaucrat, yet the country wants to view him as either or. Yeah, I mean, he has a role to play. One as the science, scientist trying to figure out infectious diseases and, and specifically the COVID-19 uh, virus. And two, communicating that. And what's, what's interesting is he's being attacked for communicating things that some people just don't like. They don't want to be told anything, therefore he is the enemy. I've heard him called liar sure. and worse on radio stations in, in this area and, and on TV stations beyond this area. And you know what? It, 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 you could, you know, insert name here. Whoever is in that position, is I wouldn't want that job. It's unenviable. You're going to have people hate you and love you no matter who you are. It could be you. You know, you could be the Dr. Anthony Fauci appearing on CBS and people write and go, you don't know what you don't know what the crap you're talking about. Hugh joins us from Waukesha. Welcome to the show. You're on WTMJ, Hugh. Hugh. Hi. Did we lose him? Oh, hey, Hugh, call back. We, we, he had some interesting points he wanted to make. Let's do this. Let's take a break. Stephen Carroll, Monday right here on WTMJ. Let's go to the full line. Julie joins us from Kenosha. Hey, Julie. Hi, Julie. Good morning, you guys. How are you? Good, good. On this Monday, Victory Monday, we are uh, amazing. We were at the game yesterday. It was phenomenal. Awesome. Love that. <laughs> That's We'll yeah. give you credit for the win, then. I know. I know. Yes. It was, it was uh, my 10-year-old's first game, and uh, he brought us luck. What's your what's your ten year old's first name? Tate. 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 All right. Good job, Tate. All right. So you want you had a question or a comment about nursing homes? Yes, I work in nursing homes, and this is the situation. I work in healthcare. I've done it for my entire career, and this is what I'm frustrated about. Um, the Omicron variant. Um, is those of us that are vaccinated, my 10-year-old, my 13-year-old, they're all vaccinated. My husband and I are vaccinated. Um, but this Omicron variant could really cause a huge havoc in the elderly community uh, population. And um, Dr. Anthony Fauci is just trying to um, help us. He's trying to say, get vaccinated, get your boosters. And people are throwing him under the bus. Yeah, they, they are. Thanks for the call, Julie, and thanks for the uh, Packers win. Um, yeah, they're, they, they, they have to have the other side on this, the, uh, the anti-vax, uh, there's too much government, there's too much control of our own lives. Folks need an enemy, and one enemy is Joe Biden. The other one is Dr. Anthony Fauci. Does, he, does it make him perfect? No, I think he does far, much too, far too much TV. But he's also a scientist that understands infectious disease. He's worked on this for his entire life. I'm always, 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 somebody said, why do you carry water for Fauci? Because he knows what he's doing. Some guy that talks on the radio and blows him up every day, what's your expertise other than being on a radio show? Nothing. I, yeah, I, he's certainly way more knowledgeable than I'm ever going to be when it comes to this particular um, topic. But I... I, I, once again, I go back. It's just like it, it could be. It could be anybody. 
there's going to be people that are going to love and hate whoever is in that job. And I, you bring up a very interesting point, because I've never really even thought about that, that he does too much TV. And sometimes I think just to be more of a silent partner isn't a bad thing. Just sit yeah. back and do your job. I can think both things. I can think that he's, he should be respected for his, his clinical and his exp- ex, you know, experience that he's had dealing with infectious diseases for decades, but also think that it, maybe he's overexposed. And, the, and you're giving the other side, which is frustrating on its own you know, thought process because now we're we're demonizing a pandemic, right? We now we have to have sides on that, like we have sides on everything else. Uh, from the four one four, after being super safe with COVID for months, it made it way into our house in November. Thankfully, my husband and I are both vaxxed. We are all good, but pretty sure he would have been to the hospital if not vaccinated. Passed through our house like a mild flu. Yes, the 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 magic of the vaccine. Whatever you think about science or Fauci, the magic of the vaccine, as demonstrated by data. In hospitals, in medical facilities, is that you have a much lower chance of being hospitalized and or dying from COVID if you're vaccinated. That's the reality. You can spin it however you want. You can call Fauci a liar, but that's the reality. And I think most of us, most of the population, what I say, 80 plus percent now, mm-hmm. has at least one dose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We agree with him. Are we going to let the 18 or 19 percent that have said, eh, no thanks? Do we let that group then decide where we should go? And the answer is no, we don't. You know, I think sometimes people are so opposed to the vaccine because they haven't really been touched by it personally, and they don't know how devastating it can be. And if you know, you've known people who have passed away. I've known people, uh, people who have passed away. And it's just like when you see people that are gone that shouldn't be gone just because they didn't go and get vaccinated. It's just it's such a waste. It really is when the tool is there to help you. Why not use the correct tool? It doesn't make sense to me. Absolutely. One of the texters raises this point. I saw a lot of a lot of. uh, conversation about this on social media last night the doctor apparently who um was working on this variant in, in south africa said that the, the risks are mild and that may be the case but i still want to be cautious extra cautious in this country for all the reasons we just talked about the elderly population s- senior citizens who are in assisted living center mm-hmm. and the like mm-hmm. we have to be careful with this or, or young children or babies andrew joins us from waukesha andrew welcome to the show hi there good morning so I just wanted to point out that Dr. Fauci has no clinical experience. He's a bureaucrat. He's always been a bureaucrat. And when real clinical doctors like Dr. Paul Merrick come out and say, hey, here's my experience treating actual patients, and it's completely the opposite of what Dr. Fauci is promoting. In this case, Dr. Paul Merrick talked about hydrochloroquine and ivermectin. He was ignored. So. To me, what you're def- what you're doing is you're defending the bureaucracy. It doesn't matter who it is, if it's Fauci or anybody else. You're defending the people who want to control our lives. Okay. Anything else you want to say? I'd like to hear a response. If you don't have one, that's fine. Here, here it comes. Thanks for the call. Look, yes, he's he's part bureaucrat. I understand that. I said that, and I would like to see less Fauci on TV. But the bottom line is, he has studied infectious diseases for most of his adult life. There is an experience factor there. You can find doctors to say anything. That's the reality of how politics has shaped our world now. You can find doctors to say anything. They have allowed politics to shape their lives. A little bit of fact 
uh, finding for Fauci. He's worked for both Republicans and Democrats. So well, you can make this argument that he's, he's you know, just defending the current administration. No, he's not. He worked for Trump. He worked for other presidents before sure. that, of both flavors, by the way. I understand some people don't like the, the government, and you're entitled to that opinion. There's reasons not to like them, like they, the screwed up way they spend our money. But on this one, if I'm forced to choose, this is always my, my baseline. If I'm forced to choose between medical professionals and some guy calling on the phone, I'm always going to go with the medical professional, not the guy talking on the phone. And you can argue about ivermectin and uh, all the other medications that are out there. Some people say they've been positively impacted by them. Right. There's been no trials of those drugs for this reason, COVID-19. You can keep saying it over and over again, but that's the reality. Quick break. Discussing the latest Omicron variant, what it's going to do to the uh, the conversation is really the fascinating part for me. I think those of us who are vaccinated and have gotten the booster, whether you're in that category or not, you've made your choice. And there's a there's a large vocal minority of people that don't want to talk about it, mm-hmm. don't want to be vaccinated, dismiss medical professionals like Dr. Anthony Fauci and others. They often cite other doctors to the uh, caller's credit, a clinical doctor, mm-hmm. that have different opinions. That's not surprising, shocking, or really a surprise. We will always have that. The The infiltration of politics into conversations about science and medicine and pandemics is the ugly part of it, and that's what I'm trying to talk about. Let's go to Dan calling from Northern Illinois. Hey, Dan, welcome Hi, to the Dan. show. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Sure. What do you think? Uh, yeah, just real quick, I tuned in, I heard you guys talking about how, unfortunately, it seems like, you know, people have kind of taken on their each political side. Um, and I think it's just a failure in Washington, D.C. from the beginning. You know, initially Trump kind of poo-pooed it, and then he changed his tune and, you know, started the, the bureaucratic process of getting this, um, you know, this vaccine funded and pushed forward. And then at that time, you had Democrat leaders, Nancy Pelosi, Kamala Harris, saying that I wouldn't take a vaccine. We can't mandate people. But then when their president takes over in January and gets elected, Joe Biden, then all of a sudden they jump on ship and say, you do have to get the vaccine. So I- oh, we lost you there, Dan. You made a, made a great point. I'm not telling you to listen to elected officials. You've heard me talk about elected officials. I don't trust any of them. Including the president of the United States, it's a seesaw. I don't trust them. Yeah, and you can you can equate people like Fauci or before him, Doctor Deborah Birx, who was involved with the Trump administration dealing with the pandemic, and lump them all together with the elected officials. I don't do that. If somebody works in a field for decades, I'm going to give them a level level of respect. I think they have earned. Doesn't mean you have to like Fauci. I don't care about that. No, I don't care if you like Fauci or not. But he came out this morning, and this is his statement. He says, we should not be freaking out. We should be doing the things we know work. I think that speaks for, that's just, that says everything, doesn't it? It's why we have vaccines for everything beyond the pandemic. Well, you've got, the the sh- you've got the shingles, yes. I've had pneumonia. Flu- I just had a flu shot a couple weeks ago. Right, exactly. It's part of living in the world we live in now. I want to be safe. I want to be around to see my grandkids grow up. Is that bad, evil? I don't think so. Doreen joins us from Germantown. Welcome Hi, to the Doreen. show, Doreen. Good morning. Hey, first of all, thank you guys so much. You have helped me vent so much. I We agree on probably 80% of everything that you guys talk about, what whatever it is. But I thank you for taking my call. Sure. First of all, 
I trust Fuji. He survived Trump. This is not a political thing. This is a health issue. I am actually on my way to the doctor because I might have COVID. And I've been vaccinated. This, what drives me insane is when we were, all, when we were children, remember we had to wait in line for the stupid vaccines? Mm-hmm. We didn't have a right. We didn't have a choice. This is like insane. This is not about rights, nothing. Not about politics. It's about keeping everybody healthy, safe, and letting us live to see our grandchildren get married. Right. Yeah. Right. Great, great point, Dorian. Thanks for the call. And I, and I hope that um, she said she had COVID. I think I picked that up. Hopefully that you're going to be fine. Yeah. I mean, there's no guarantees. You can be fully vaccinated. You can have the booster and still get COVID and still be hospitalized. Right. I think there was a, there was a, uh, one of the texts reminded me about, I think the weather person up in Green Bay who, had all those things and yet still was hospitalized. There's no guarantees in life. You can still get sick. You can still die. Right. It just bre- lessens the opportunity. Right. The breakthrough is out there. There's absolutely no doubt about it. The breakthrough is out there. It's just the the amount of people that are going to break through are very, very, it's a very small number. We uh, re- reconnected with Dan from Northern Illinois. Glad we have you back on, back on the line, Dan. You wanted to finish your point? Yes. Yeah, sorry about that. I don't know what came through enough. I was just saying that I think the seed of doubt for everybody was kind of sewn in just when we had a little bit of failure leadership. You know, we had initially, you know, President Trump kind of poo-pooed it, but then when he realized he had to address it, change course, got the vaccine money pumping through. And at that point, you had Democratic leaders saying, listen, you can't mandate a vaccine. I'm not going to take his vaccine. But then when Biden got elected, then they changed their tune. And, this, you know, not small Democrats. We're talking Nancy Pelosi, Kamala sure. Harris. Sure. It's what they do. They change their tune all the time. Right. And I think, unfortunately, you know, when that seed of doubt is shown in, you know, it's like people fall into their sides. And it's just it's unfortunate because in a situation like this, you need strong leadership. You need honesty. You need transparency. And we don't get that from Washington. So, you know, the, the regular working class people. They don't know who to listen to and who to believe. And even Fauci early on with the math, and he got caught up in that thing. And then, you know, does he have ties to the research, you know, maybe necessary research being done in Wuhan so we know how to address these issues. But then mm-hmm. at the same time, it also led to this leak that maybe caused it. So, I, you know, I think there's we – we need to keep an open mind. We need to take in as much information as we can. And, you know, you move forward day by day with that. I know none of us, you know, want to – Put a mask on and stay inside our house the rest of our lives. No, I mean, it's, th- thanks for the call, Dan. I'd let you go there, but um, I mean, appreciate it. Look, here's what I do know. To me, vaccines work. To me, anger about vaccines is probably the worst response you could have, although I see it every day, yeah. whether it's email, text, phone calls. If that's your response to anything, one, you're... You're sort of failing at life if you're always angry. One, it's gonna it's gonna shorten your life because stress is not a good thing. <laughs> no, it's, it's gonna it's suck gonna the life right life. out of you. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Biden says today. You know, I, I I will be supremely interested to see when he comes up to the podium as to what he's going to say about this new variant and what his suggestions are going to be. I because I have no idea. What time is he doing this? Do you know? I don't know. Okay. At some point, he will step up to a microphone and talk about it. Look. I'm not saying, I never said that I agree with a federal mandate for vaccines, but I do support companies and organizations 
being able to dictate the policies in their workplaces. And if you don't want to work, you want to follow the guidelines, you don't have to work there. And we've seen a lot of fallout sure. because of that. Sure. Should the federal government mandate it? No. They should strongly suggest it because we know, as best as science can tell us, the vaccines work. But we're also then in that position of if the company decides that they want to make sure that you are all vaccinated, if you don't want to do that and you want to go find another job, that's your choice. Absolutely. No no problem whatsoever. I thought it was really fascinating. Doreen brought up a fascinating image for me because I remember being a kid being shuffled into the gymnasium yeah. and they had all the tables set up with all of the nurses and you just went and you got the shot and you know your parents signed off on it and that's the way it was and i i don't remember there being an uproar on that one am i stupid do i not no, remember correctly it's just what we did yeah because we know those of us that are older know that vaccines have knocked down many of these diseases and viruses that's the the world we have lived in now we unfortunately have mixed in politics we have a younger group of people who didn't experience either themselves or their parents or their relatives the the pain and agony of all these other diseases and viruses that we've almost eliminated they don't have any direct experience of that the polios of the world and the like they don't know what that feels like so they have a much different opinion i i know this at some points we have to figure this out because right now the constant battle between science logic common sense and politics is making us dumber every day every day of the week makes us dumber and it's it's stupid it's dumb but that's what that's where we're at and i you, i'm trying to fight the battle but i don't know what else to, to tell i don't you. know what else to tell you either um you know my dad was a pharmacist and he was always just like hey, take a pill for this take it you know and i know there are a lot of people out there that would just be appalled at what my father would like send to college with me just to if you get sick here's some uh low you know lamotrin here's some of this here's some of that and um he was just he would be appalled my dad is rolling over in his grave right now with this entire conversation because that's what he did. He was a medical guy, and he trusted. There was no question with my father that we were not going to get the shots. Somebody, raised, somebody raised this point to me off the show uh, last week or, or two weeks ago. All these people who are against the vaccine, against Fauci, against any kind of government until an intervention into a campaign to eliminate the pandemic are the same people who will take like eight pills because their doctor prescribed them. <laughs> you know, the same people that show up in those sure. pharmacy lines every month getting all their pills because mm-hmm. their doctor. So you listen to your doctor then. But if your doctor told you to go get vaccinated, what would you what would they say to him? Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what they would say to them. And to, that's, that's a very interesting point, because to tell you the truth, I have not ever had a doctor tell me not to get the vaccine you know what i mean whenever i've gone to see my my general practitioner you know dr nazareth has always said well you really should get the vaccine and when they say well we need a blood panel i i don't think twice about it i go walking into the you know phlebotomist and say go ahead take my blood we're going to run all these tests great i maybe i'm just a lemming Maybe I just don't ask enough questions, but I just tell when they tell me to do something, I just go do it. It comes down to me. I listen to my doctor. I don't listen to Internet advice on doctors. I don't. You can send me. People love to send me these links. I'm not going to open the links, first of all, because it's not smart. Right. Some unknown link. No. from somebody send you an email. But secondly, I don't care if you believe that that's fine. I'm going to right now for me personally, I'm going to trust my doctor. My doctor said, get vaccinated. I got vaccinated. Told me to get the flu shot. I get the flu shot every year. Told me to get the shingle shot. I got the shingle two doses. Mm-hmm. So 
That's just me. You don't have to. Here, I'll say it again. You don't have to get vaccinated. But understand, with that decision, there are consequences to that. One, you may lose your job. Two, this pandemic may linger and inconvenience for a lot more than it would have if, let's say, 90% of the population got vaccinated. And I'm still confident, by the way, that at least among U.S. adults, we may hit 90%, especially with news of these variants getting into the uh, the media. I'm, 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 I'm kind of in there with you. I agree. And can I just say this? Stay away. This is where the Internet has done such a disservice for us, for a lot of people. Just shut it down. Stay away from it. There's nothing worse you can do than go to, like, WebMD or, you know, do some kind of investigating on your own. I had somebody say to me, I know more than the doctor, so I I sprung my wife from the hospital. What? Yeah. It's... What? All what? Right. I'm going to move on. After the break, Okay. a defense of Thanksgiving, because it's still getting beat up, and I say that's crazy. Okay. We'll discuss after this. If you were listening last week, you know I worked Friday, and I, I was going to do this Friday, and I may have done a little bit of it. You know, frankly, for Friday is last week, and I've already forgotten most of it, Carol, but... Um, <laughs> This is. I'm just going to call this in defense of Thanksgiving. Okay. Because like a lot of other things in our country, anything that's old, anything that's traditional, is being attacked and, and trying to be thrown away with the with the garbage. Well, because there's you know people read all kinds of stuff into it, and I understand. Trust me, I understand the whole pilgrim Native American thing. Mm-hmm. You know that there is a problem there, but sure. um, there's a there's a point of contact. I'm sure at some point it was cordial, but then it didn't quickly disintegrated to not cordial and we know we kind of know the rest of that story i shared with you a piece from uh i thought it was great yeah it's called thanksgiving is the holiday that we need let me just say this like a lot of things in this world we live in now, everything's under attack it's criticized it's critiqued op-eds are written but sometimes we need op-eds that say you know what maybe just having a day of thanks without devoid of presence or present giving one where we're not arguing about politics hopefully Two, that we're just saying thanks for all the things in our lives. Uh, Gathering together with friends, family, neighbors, whatever it is, whatever your thing is, may or may not involve a turkey. And and there's some data that suggests turkey is less of a thing now than it was maybe 50 years ago. Beyond all that, as the headline says, Thanksgiving is the holiday that we need. We need a holiday that doesn't celebrate anger, vitriol, politics, vaccine anti-vax and one that just says thank you for the blessings we have received that's it simple as that that's why this attack on thanksgiving that i see no not having any part of it. it's probably one of the easiest holidays out there because it addresses exactly what you were just talking about there's no stress of buying presents there's no money stress basically there's no there because there are plenty of places where you can go if you need food and you can get it um there's no religious implications there's no satanic implications if you want to talk about halloween and things like that so it is i love how i love halloween i love thanksgiving because it's just nothing about more than just making food and it's just seeing my family and just having fun. We play games. Yes. It's it's so easy. And we just kind of laugh and talk and wait everybody is told to check your political rhetoric at the door. It's like that's not it's not welcome here. So yeah. we're just gonna talk about fun stuff. Interesting last paragraph of the story written by I just want to get his name here so you can look it up if you want to, Dr. Craig McMahon. Um 
I'll just read from it. Let us give thanks. Let us celebrate not only our individuality, but also our community and connection with all. Let us recognize that we have been blessed by someone, someone else and accept their gift with gladness and humility. May we live with that gratitude, satisfied with enough and compassionate to all. Thanksgiving may not be the holiday that we want, but it is the holiday that we need. And that is exactly right. Enough with everything has to be blown up. For example, unrelated to Thanksgiving, quick example. The Beatles have this like 10-hour get-back Documentary, uh, documentary done by uh, Peter Jackson. Yes, I saw the first part last uh, last week. It was amazing. That's being attacked. Is like, why do we need that? Because it's amazing. Because a celebration of of what I would say is easily the greatest what rock I, band of all time. Is it offensive to somebody? Apparently, because we all have to be offended about something. Whether it's Dr. Fauci or Thanksgiving or Columbus Day, everything has to make us tear our hair out. And I say, you know what? Stop. Take a breath. Thanksgiving is a take a breath day. I don't disagree with that at all. You know, like, I'm not a sweet potato fan, but if you make sweet potatoes with marshmallows on top of it, I'm not going <laughs> to storm out and go, I'll be damned if I'm eating that. No, it's just like, okay, no, I'll pass on that, but you know what? I'll take the rest of it, and thanks for making the food. You can, if you want to, you can make your decisions. It's a free country. A lot of free, more freedoms in this country than anywhere else, right? Pretty much. Greatest country on the planet? I think it is. Do we have too much government? Absolutely. But on some things, you have to be trusting. You have to be aware of what other people are thinking around you. And at the end of the day, walking around angry and full of hatred is right. probably not the best way to have a healthy and successful life. Simple. Well, absolutely not. I mean, but for me, Thanksgiving is that time when we check in as family and friends Something that we don't do normally on a daily basis. I find out what my nieces are up to. Absolutely. And, you know, that's what's fun for me. It's just, and not how, you know, oh, you gave them $50? You were not <laughs> supposed to be exchanging presents. Okay, calm down. Thanksgiving, it is the holiday that we need, and especially probably more so now more than ever. All right, that was my, my two cents on Thanksgiving. All right, we'll take a break. After the break, the 4 at 10 right here on WTMJ. It's Monday, the first day of the work week, the most fun day of the week, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City. It's Monday with Steve Scafidi and Carol Kay. Good morning, Wisconsin. Welcome to the Monday Show, Victory Monday, as we celebrate the Packers' victory over the Rams at Lambeau Field yesterday. Carol Kane in studio. We have a, uh, a giveaway for the 4 of 10 today, too. Do tell. What uh, is it? A $25 gift card to Winkies, famous Winkies here up in uh, Whitefish Bay. It's a great store. If you have mm -hmm. never been in Winkies, you're missing out because, and it's, I mean, it's been around forever, and it's got all kinds. You know the thing about Winkies? Just let me tell you. I've never been there. Oh, my God, Steve. I'm not a shopper. Well, I know you're not a shopper, but every now and then, you know what? It's just nice to venture in and find out. I may, I may have to do got, that. It's got soup to nuts. That's what I'm saying. If you can't find it at Winkies, it doesn't exist. Literally soup to nuts? Soup to nuts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So there is soup at Winkies. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> you can find soup at the Sundex across the street. There you go. So anyway, we're going to give away all this week, four or ten, a $25 gift card to nice. Winkies, Hallmarks, and Gifts, especially with um, St. Nicholas Day coming up next Sunday, right? No, St. Nicholas Day is Monday, is and it? you should remember that. Why? Because it's your birthday next Monday. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I'm off. Just kidding. 
<laughs> yeah, I already got your gift. We finally catch up with age. Mm-hmm. Well, that you don't have to get me anything. Just coming in and working with you, Steve, is just gift enough. Okay, let's uh, let's pour on that syrup a little <laughs> a little thicker, shall we? All right. Number one of the four out of ten. Remember, we talked about this this case, this story, so much. Jussie Smollett, the uh, allegedly famous actor. Well, he was in Empire. Yeah, which so, I mean, he was pretty good in Empire, mm-hmm. so I'll I'll give him that. But he's yeah, he's standing trial right now because wasn't it the fact that he falsified that he was attacked? He lied, basically lied to police about being attacked early morning hours, January 29, twenty nineteen. So a while ago now in downtown Chicago. Remember all the consternation. Heck, the uh, the vice president president of the United States or a candidate at the time, um, Kamala Harris, now the vice president. Basically, so this is an example of of modern day lynching, right? I mean, I mean, right, court. and it and he was lying, mm-hmm. and you could and the reason we know he was lying was because they had the cameras. You yep. could see what happened. No evidence of of, of this alleged attack, and uh, apparently, it was he got a subway sandwich, and the the attackers didn't take the sandwich. He still had the sandwich, and uh, he's now charged with felony disorderly conduct. The great thing about this is one consequences to lying. But right now, he's going to face. Obviously, prosecution could serve, if convicted of a Class 4 felony in Illinois, three years in prison. It's not going to happen. No? Probation? Community uh, he'll service? Get a, yeah, he'll get a slap on the wrist. Because yeah. he wouldn't um, survive a second in a... Uh, in prison? Yeah. Probably not. Well, no. he'd be in some... They, they'd put him off in some um, not high... What's the word I'm looking for? You know, low. Oh yeah, the uh, the the swank white collar prison. That's the one, and um, so they wouldn't put him in a, in a you know a very heavily uh, uh, like Wapon. I can't think right now. I'm blanking, but um, I'd think he'll just get a slap on the wrist, and, and and I don't think that's right. You know, I mean, as much as you've got one side that's really doing awful things against another, you know, it's happening on both sides. So why can't we just stop lying? We just don't need to create more drama. Yes, we don't need it. Now, he's allegedly hired two brothers from Nigeria to, to attack him for like, to pretend to attack him, attack him for right. 3500 bucks. Apparently there was a noose involved. All these, the imagery, of course, is horrific. Sure. But the, if you listen to the police, you believe the police, none of this happened. He's, he be, he's become a punchline, basically. I don't know. Maybe you know better than me, because I wasn't even aware of this guy before this incident. Is he doing any acting? You know what? I was just going to bring that up. This has been actually, if you, you, know, you want to say that he did this to himself, he did. He was in, he was in Empire. He was great in Empire. He has a great voice. Um, he was a very good actor. But uh, no. This has kind of like been the cutoff. People are like, he's a pariah right now. Nobody wants to have anything to do with him because he's done this thing. And and rightfully so. You know what? Think this stuff through, you dummy. <laughs> I, I, why do you think that this is going to fly? Why do you think that this is going to work? And I want to be in that room when this idea comes to you. Because then I want you to verbalize this idea to me. And I'm going to look at you and go, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. So consequences for the lie, the big lie. There's a big lie for you. Uh, Jussie Smollett's actor. Okay, that term loosely. You know. <laughs> quoting, air quoting yeah. actor. Yeah. Now the punchline in, in jokes around this world. Um, it's, it's justice will be served. Now he's he's probably not going to prison, but no. Maybe maybe just a good firm 
don't ever do this again and well, get out of our way. And you know what? And don't waste the police's time, Don't by the way. waste their time. And once again, have this plan cemented. And maybe people that you really can trust, because the two brothers, when they got... When they got wrangled in, they were like, yeah, it was all his idea. They sold him out faster than Grease Lightning. They're going to be testifying against him. So pretty good evidence. Good guys. Yeah. That was a a real smart hire. That was the one time where that whole Nigerian thing actually was true. The guys were from (laughs) Nigeria. It wasn't just a prince. All right. That's number one of the four out of ten. Number two. Always a hot topic. Marijuana. You were sharing a story with me. You know, it was (laughs) <laughs> I have never been to a dispensary, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and when we were in Michigan... I thought I smelled a whiff. <laughs> when we were in Michigan, we were in this sleepy little town right off the coastline, and we saw one, and I'm like, you know what? I want to go in there. I've never experienced this. I want to see how this works. And to say that business was brisk is an <laughs> understatement. I have never seen so much. Tra- it was cash only, no credit cards. They had a drive-through where people could have called and put their order in. So they had this window, and there was one woman just manning the window, and then there were like four or five people behind the counter. And the information that they were spitting out, because I went up to the counter and I'm like, I need to know what is all this stuff now. I grew up in the 70s, so I'm not that stupid, if you know Mm -hmm. what I mean, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Mm -hmm. Um, But the extent of the availabilities of the gummies and the buds and the the pay, it was just fascinating to me. All the edibles, it was fascinating to me. And they were more than willing to just spew all kinds of information. And the clientele, very interesting. They looked like you and me, every single one of them, except for one guy who had a jean jacket on that said Sons of Anarchy and kind of sloppy <laughs> pants. And I'm like, you know, I almost reached over and said, you're the one I was expecting to see in here. You expected to see more of him. More. Uh, and, you know, he's probably a very nice guy, but he had called ahead. So he was in the, the fast lane. Right. But um, we were in and out of there in about 20 minutes. Grocery bag full of... Oh, I'm just loaded up. <laughs> but and you know the prices were fascinating to me because I'm like, okay, so what do you charge? Give me some examples. Well, like the, I went up and I said, if I was interested, here's my deal. I want something to help me sleep, and I want something to help with like a, my hips bother me. And she's like, oh, so she went and grabbed a bunch of bags, and she goes, if you were interested, here's what you would do. This is an edible. Blah 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 blah. I said, well, just out of curiosity, how much is that? Because I'm thinking this is going to be extraordinarily expensive. Mm-hmm. But no, it was an indication to me as to why business is brisk. Because she said, this is $30. This is a month's supply. Affordable. Well, yeah. But I mean, I watched, P- and they, you know, it was like being at a, you know, a moonshine like liquor stand they wrapped everything up in brown paper um stapled it with your receipt and off they and these people are i saw people did some of the like the buds and the smoke stuff right. were, were very expensive but you know what was even weirder was as we walked out there was a cop two cops that had pulled somebody over who had been speeding down main street of this little teeny tiny sleepy town they didn't look at us twice not twice. And we got in the car, and my daughter looked at me, and she goes, 
God, you guys smell. <laughs> Not in a good way. She's like, I wasn't going to go in with you because I knew I would get a headache. But Soon she- to be coming to Wisconsin? Question mark? No. Um, You want to know something? I... I don't think I would have a big problem with it if the, some of the funds would be used to, for, to offset some costs. I, it was the same with the, all the tolls. I don't know what the fight is for getting toll booths in here either. We, we spent all the way down through Illinois and up into, through Indiana and up into Michigan, and we had tolls here and there, but it's just like if this stuff goes to like offset some infrastructure costs, I don't have a problem with that. The dirty little secret is there's folks in Wisconsin just driving south to get anything they need. Oh, Steve, you should see the billboards as we were crossing the border. It was billboard after billboard of one dispensary after the next, after the next, after the next. I just, I had, because I'm so supremely curious, I had, as I'm like, oh, it's right there. It was across from the hardware store. And I'm like, oh, I got to go in there. We can pretend it's not happening, but it's happening all around us, even in Canada, the whole country. So, Well, what do you think? I, I, I've said before, medicinal marijuana should have been legal a long time ago. And, and at some point in the near future, and by near I mean five to ten years, is that near? I guess it is. Um, it, all of this will be legal in the state of Wisconsin. I would think so. I will say this, that back in the day when my father was suffering from cancer before he passed away in 2000, if he'd been able to have something to help him eat, because, you know, it just it just ate away at my poor dad, and he was so thin when he finally passed away, and it would bothered my mom so much. Please, Irv, eat, she would say. And I'm like, he just wasn't hungry. All right, so you are thumbs up. <laughs> well, you know what? I didn't buy anything, but because to me, I'm, a, I'm, I'm really out of that phase, mm-hmm. and I, it, it scares me that I don't want to be... Like out of control, mm-hmm. so I don't know what to expect if I would have taken. Some. Yeah, what's High Carol like? That's the question that the audience is. I am probably really fun. Mm, there you go. Because I'm fun to begin with. True. <laughs> true. 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 All right. After the break, calling Bruce Willis. You know where I'm going? Uh, I don't, but I got my Bruce Willis story. Yeah, calling Bruce Willis after this. All this week during the four at ten, we're giving you a chance to win a twenty-five dollar gift card to Winkies Hallmarks and Gifts. St. Nick's Day next Monday, and Winky's Hallmark and Gifts is everything you need to stuff the stockings, candies and chocolates, children books, ornaments, plush toys, winter hats, and so much more. Shop unique holiday decor to deck your halls and gifts you won't find anywhere else. We thank you for shopping local this holiday season. Visit us in the corner of Silver Spring and Lake Drive in Whitefish Bay or shop online at winkiesgifts.com. Let's get Jordan working. Caller number 7, 2855 Call right now. You will have a chance to win. A very good chance mm-hmm. for caller number seven. That's yeah, and you know what? When you go to Winkies and spend your twenty-five dollar gift card, if you are the winner, it's that's such a charming little stretch of on Silver Spring in Whitefish Bay. Mm-hmm. It's just you know, grab grab a cup of coffee, grab some soup, sit at a cafe. It's charming. Are you a paid spokesperson for that district? <laughs> no, I no? I, uh, I just it's you know right down from Bayshore and. There's a couple of movie theaters. There's a couple of really great restaurants. It's just a fun, charming thing to do. Totally agree. All right, so a couple quick ones to round out the 410. A large asteroid, the so- asteroid the size of the Washington Monument, which is big, for a long time was the highest thing in Washington, oh, Yeah. headed for Earth late December. Now, here's the thing. Okay. They always you know, amp up these stories. Mm-hmm. It's 100, 190 meters wide, which is significant. Okay. But here's the big but. 
it's going to pass by at a distance of 4.5 million kilometers. That's not even remotely close, right? I think astronomers, though, think that's like I know literally they think like, that. bu- like buzzing. It's buzzing us. But none of us think that. Well, you know, God, so are you telling me we have to make hay while the sun shines with this show until the end of December because yes. we might not be here anymore? No, we will be here because it's not going to come close to the it's planet. Not, I, do we have any idea what the impact, if it hits, what it would, what kind of devastation? Well, remember the, no, you probably don't remember this, but in 2013, an asteroid struck Russia. Yes, It, it was I do 17 remember. meters, so signi- 10 times less, more than 10 times smaller than the one that's going to be flying by us. And uh, it's become known as the Tunguska or Tunguska event. Okay. Um, broken windows, widespread destruction for thousands of miles. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So, I mean, it's something to worry about, but I mean, come on. 400- so, the water from the ocean is not going to be coming in mm, onto the, the no. Iowa area, and no. Morgan Freeman's not going to be standing there. Going- well, this is where Bruce Willis comes into play because now we're, we know that they just launched, NASA did, a, uh, a, a spacecraft to, to nudge an asteroid. To see what happens when you try God, to. God, it's amazing what they can do, right? Absolutely. I, I just. But what if they screw up? What if they nudge it in the wrong direction? And it becomes. A I thing have, have to worry about. Let's later. go back to our original start of the conversation. I have to trust the scientists that they know what they're doing, because I, I've seen hidden figures and I still don't know what it's all about. I don't get it. There's a reason why some people are good at math, and then there's a reason why some of us aren't. Listen, I'm terrible at math and chemistry. Completely. Didn't like chemistry, didn't like math. My second year up in Madison when I was trying to be a vet, I failed my six week, my 12 week, and when my chem, when my uh, lab came in and I'd failed that, I just packed up my Bunsen <laughs> burner and walked out. You still have that Bunsen burner? <laughs> no, I put it in the drawer and walked away. Do they even have Bunsen burners anymore? Probably in not. I'm probably so. aging myself. It's probably too dangerous now. Prob- I don't know. I mean, we were dissecting cats in high school. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. Uh, suckling pigs, cats, everything. frogs, yeah. everything. Yeah, they, they, whatever. They... It's a, probably all virtual now, right? You, my, I, pro, I see my niece who's in med school. Her first class was anatomy when she went to Madison, and she had a cadaver. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think there's a picture of me in my high school yearbook holding up the cadaver cat. <laughs> I'm not talking to you anymore. They even had a hat on it. <laughs> <laughs> and you with your cat hatred. I don't like cats. I know you don't. It's like, do you want the suckling pig or do you want the cat? <laughs> I'm taking the cat. Yeah. Let me put a knife to that thing. Just kidding. Save your cat. I know. Don't call us. I know he's funning around. All right. So was it Diana from Mequon? Diana from Mequon was our winner. First winner of the uh, the five-day nice. 4 out of 10 giveaway, $25 gift card to Winkies, which is a great store. That music means it's time for Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management, who joins us on Victory Monday. Good morning, Dave. Victory Monday. Love it. Yes, good morning to everyone. All right, so I said it in the tease. OMG for Omicron and its impact on the markets. What do we know? What should we, what should we be thinking as far as investing in the yeah, age of so- variants? Yeah, so it is a variant. There's no question about it. And, of course, on Friday, maybe a lot of people did miss this, but uh, there was a 1,000-point swing on, on Friday morning. And so we were here trying to figure out exactly what it is. But, you know, we're watching a lot of the news that has come out, and we see that the uh, person who sounded the alarm uh, in South Africa has now said uh, that it's premature to call it a uh, a situation. And so they're watching it. And so we don't know what 
what we don't know at this moment. And so we're watching it very closely. Obviously, the market reacted uh, because of the news that came out on Friday, down a thousand points. And of course, the stocks that went down were the things that you that would make sense if there is a travel ban, such as domestic airlines were down 10%. Uh, we saw energy down as well. So a lot of the things that you would think if we start to go back to some type of travel bans and other lockdowns, uh, what, 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 what the expectation is what you would think it is. Okay, we're in spending mode right now, especially today. I told Steve off the air that I am I'm ready for my credit card to be smoking by the end of today because Cyber Monday's <laughs> Cyber Monday's a big deal for me. So we had Black Friday, Black Friday deals, and now we've got Cyber Monday. Is any of this having an impact on you know on what's happening with the market? Oh, of course, retail. Retail is uh, is on fire. There's no question about it. They expect huge numbers out of the retail sales. Uh, but we did see some of that give back, back to uh, the previous topic, is because you think about retail, you think about restaurants, for example, they are employee-centric. And so some folks are saying, well, what happens to that? But there's no question we expect a huge retail season, uh, like a season that we haven't seen in a number of years. So yes, retail stocks are doing very well. We read some stories that some of the websites were even overloaded so uh, yeah we're, we're expecting good numbers you know look at the companies that that you that you would expect will do well in this environment retail stocks restaurants for example as contrasted to what you're seeing perhaps with a travel ban and that that is of course travel stocks such as airlines and hotels okay now just a bounce question off of that on the past couple of years have you seen a trend of people like saving or spending or a little bit of both? Uh, in, in what manner? You mean through through the uh, the through what's happened? Yeah. With, with the, the pandemic? Yeah. Well, so, yeah, the savings rates went through the rough. We saw savings rates like we haven't seen before, and now that's starting to turn, and all of this excess liquidity is starting to be put uh, into retail, into spending, into consumer goods. There's no question that that is starting to get to, to spend. And you see that, Carol, because GDP numbers are huge right now. The Atlanta Fed expects somewhere around 8% growth. They'll probably dial that number down a little bit for the fourth quarter, but those are unbelievable numbers, 8% annualized growth in the fourth quarter. Those are numbers we haven't seen in you know, 20, 30 years. Dave, the, uh, the I-word inflation <clears throat> is certainly something we've talked about a lot in the last few months. Uh, where are we at? Where, what, where do the numbers suggest this story is going? We talk about spending. That's certainly a big part of that. A lot of government outlay of cash, which has, in some people's minds, fueled all of this. Where do you see this, uh, the I-word going in the next few months? Yeah, let's start with the last topic, and that is exactly right. The federal, the FMOC, the Fed, has increased money supply by 30%. I mean, that's uh, that's an unbelievable number. And so all of that money is sloshing around. So if it goes up by 30%, Professor Siegel, famous Professor Siegel, said that eventually is inflationary. So it could be 5% for six years is what that suggests. Now, we don't think that's the case. We think we're going to have some type of, of inflation that's going to slow down at some point. What we have been saying on the shows, as you, as I'm sure you well know, peak supply chain, when supply chains begin to uh, ease up a little bit and some of those goods get distributed, that's probably going to mark soon after that peak inflation. Now, 
throw in a curveball right here, and that is, of course, what happens with this new variant. If the Federal Reserve changes course because they were, they were supposed to taper their purchases over the next six to nine months, if for some reason they change course, then inflation could be stickier. And as you know, we've been saying inflation is going to be stickier for four, five, six months on the, on your, on your spot here. And the fact that we still believe that we think it's stickier for some very obvious reasons, because it, you know, when you talk about inflation, part of inflation is wage inflation. Wages clearly have gone up. And when, when inflation and when this passes, that doesn't mean that your employer is going to come back and ask you for your wage increase back. And secondarily, real estate is certainly up and rents are up. You know, just because your landlord uh, raised your, raised your, uh, your rent doesn't mean that he's going to ask for that back. Those are stickier parts of the inflation uh, calculation. Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management uh, on the show today, as he is every Monday. Also, <clears throat> check him out on Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. right here on WTMJ, host the Money Talk. Uh, from a listener, savings, does that always translate necessarily, I think it's a bit of a terminology question, to investing? Or are some people just sitting on money? Yep. No, people are sipping, sitting on money. They, we are awash in liquidity. There's no question about it. So savings and investing, they're, they're, side, they're separate. They're separate. And so one of the things that you can do is look at the savings rate and the amount of money sitting on the sidelines. Those are air quotes on radio right now. Or <laughs> compared to investing, right? And investing, you can see that in the stock market. Remember where we were in the Dow Jones. And we, as you, and you, we talked about this. We have, you know, we're up 100% from the lows back in March of 2020. So at some point, where are the, where do the valuations come in? So there is certainly a difference between saving and investing. Investing generally means in risk assets such as stocks, bonds, and real estate. I know we talked, and this is the last question for you. I know we talked in the past few months about um, the tax policy changes. Do we know where those ideas are at? Are, are we going to see some policy changes in the next year? Well, right now, of course, you know, that the bill has passed the House. It's in front of the Senate. It really is on Manchin's, uh, Senator Manchin's desk at, at the moment. Will he uh, go along with more spending, you know, $1.75 trillion, but really scored somewhere around 3 to $4 trillion because they've shortened up the term, right? If, those, if, the, if the spending goes on to the anticipated term, it'll be more. So Manchin is saying because, we, you know, if you put all these trillions of dollars back in the market, that's going to zigzag the inflation issue, and he has been on that inflation issue all along. So we'll have to see if it passes. Inside of that bill, though, there are tax increases, uh, particularly for the for the high-income tax plan, uh, uh, folks, and of course, corporate taxation was one of the things that they looked at, looked at raising the corporate tax rate. But a lot of the other stuff they've taken out. So we'll have to see if this actually gets passed. I think the Democrats really, really need to pass this. Of course, they can lay their hat on that as they go into the election season next November. So some still to be determined. Dave Spinal, thank you as Correct. always. Enjoy Victory Monday. Thanks, Dave. Victory, Mo Yeah, Victory Monday. And by the way, uh, to whoever called and said uh, something about the kicker, and, and my response was I was when I was listening to that, Mason Crosby is the all-time leading scorer for the Green Bay Packers. So your caller should remember that when they say, let's get rid of the kicker. So Mason Crosby love from the spot. There you right. go. I think I agree with All Dave. Right. Thanks, Dave. We'll talk to you next week. All right. All right. Lots to get to. Apparently, we love our old fashions in the state of Wisconsin. We were, we were going to do this last week, and we uh, obviously had a change in plans. Lots, right. Lots of old-fashioned consumption. Um, yeah, that doesn't surprise me, because I'll tell you what. When I was a bartender, I made a lot of them. I, a as, lot as of them. As did I. Mm -hmm. I don't drink them anymore very often. Though. No. Uh, did you do sweet or sour? I did sweet. Okay, see, yeah. I'm more sour. Yeah.
Well, it matches your personality. <laughs> Happy Monday, everybody. I kind of knew this one, that we love to drink in Wisconsin. I know that for a fact. Well, I think the numbers have even climbed since the pandemic, too. Yeah, we're drinking more, and right. now there's apparently shortages, so we've created our own nightmare. Um, <laughs> Sacrilege. But I saw this story, actually, I pulled it up a week ago, and it's about um, a world record. It's now a supper club, yeah. which is a partner of us of us here on, on WTMJ. Great place to eat if you've never been. I don't. I think I was there once, but it was a long time ago. They're only open like the summer months, right? I got uh, actually one of the uh, one of my dear friends, Michael Johnston, uh, put together a big group of people. April to October, we, they're open. We went to. We took a big limo and we went up there, and it was delicious. We had a blast. There was about ten of us. Well, apparently they 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 sold a record number of old fashions this summer. Ninety three thousand seven hundred thirty. I'm getting. I'm reading from a story in the Journal Sentinel written by Chelsea Lewis. Was this a goal that they were looking to shoot? Well. I guess they're trying to. Um, they're currently applying for a Guinness World Record. Oh, got it. Okay, that makes but sense. It's like a long. It's like a four month process. Sure, sure. I mean, it's obviously this is supper clubs are iconic Wisconsin places to go, right? Well, I love I love old fashioned supper clubs. To tell you the truth, I'm not a shishi poo poo kind of girl. I like to. I want to go in and I want a joint, and that and Schnall is kind of a joint. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's very iconic Wisconsin. Very. Um, Traditional supper club, I love it, and I just think that uh, it was kind of a fun thing that they tried to do. The owner, Robert Prosser, who actually did some of the commercials that you heard on WTMJ, said 40% of their guests order an old-fashioned. Well, if I knew that they were shooting for a record, even though I don't enjoy them that much, I would order them just to help them in their goal. That's you a know? lot of old-fashions every day, 455 You know what, day. though? That, that place is enormous i was shocked at how enormous it was and they have a huge seating area outside while people are waiting and you can get served there too so people were kicking in it's gorgeous though i didn't know this but that building is actually like ancient it started as a log cabin trading post in 1826 you believe that Wow. Well, after having seen it, yes. And the parking lot is like something akin to Alpine Valley. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, just, yeah. it's a, it's huge. Original stone fireplace, log walls, staircase. Yep, yep. So yep. They, they closed in October, so we can't go back till April, but it's kind of an amazing story. I mean, the old-fashioned is something that, like fish fries, it goes hand-in-hand hand with that, right? I Yeah. Um, I think you're either an old-fashioned, like I said, I would help them, I would have helped them to their goal, it's not exactly my drink of choice. Um, as a bartender, I got to be honest with you. Every time those old fashioned orders come, I'm like, ah, oh, damn! It's like the ice cream drinks. Really, you got to muddle everything and put the sugar cube in, and then you put the booze in, whatever. When I was 18, I, I got my bartending license from the city of Oak Creek, and I um, worked at a place. It's not there anymore. Ray Bustlers, um, also a supper club, and I would basically make old fashions, martinis. Mm-hmm. Gimlets. That's all I ever oh, made. We're rat packing it there. My my hands reeked of alcohol at the end of the night. I mean, I literally could not get that smell off me. And in my, my day job, I was working at a grocery store, and they must have thought I was the biggest boozer in the world when I showed up. <laughs> let's be honest, you're 18. I didn't often didn't shower from you know the 2 a.m. shift to the uh, 7 a.m. grocery store shift. My mom hated the fact that I was a bartender. She thought it was no job. Now, this is just old school. you got to go with that. She thought that was no job for a young woman. Uh, Carol, that's no job for a young woman. And I'm like, 
but it's making me a great deal of money because I was really good at it, and I lived off my tips. Lived off my tips because I would have, don't I mean everybody re- remembers this kind of stuff, but I would have my regulars. I had like margarita guy, oh, I had yeah, yeah. old fashioned guy, mm-hmm. I had old style guy, and every time I'd see him walk in, I'd put it right at their seat. I'd have everything all set to go. I'll never forget the owner of Ray Bustler's, uh, and I forgot her first name, but it was the widow of the of the of Ray, and um, she thought because I worked in a grocery store that I also knew how to cut meat. So one day she marches me downstairs. There's like a half of a, of, a, of a cow sitting down there. He goes, can you cut that up for steaks? I go, I'm not a butcher. I have no idea. Yeah, I wouldn't I, know where to start with that either. I, well, I knew a little bit about it from you know deer hunting, but I'm not processing meats for you. I'm just a bartender. You know, <laughs> I, uh, I, I just, I, I worked at a place on Green Lake right outside of uh, Whitewater that was a huge resort area. And like we'd have pontoon boats filled with a bunch of Illinois people that would get off that baby, and they would just storm in like it was Normandy. You just go, oh God, okay, here they come, here they come. But um, did you do pr- uh, primarily brandy old fashions? Because I, no, I had a good mix. Yeah, it was whiskey yeah. and brandy. Yeah, brandy. Whiskey, bourbon, brandy. I like brandy. More than I like whiskey, but I'll still drink a whiskey anything. It's still I see. Good. I'm more of a whiskey girl. Yeah, I. If anyone knows, I'm, I haven't bartended for many years. Like, what's the breakdown? Maybe Robert Prosser will give us a call. Anyway, Ishnao Supper Club, iconic. You heard their ads right here on WTMJ. Hopefully, they get this world record: ninety-three thousand seven hundred and thirty-eight old-fashioned served this year. Broke their previous record. Here's what the old record was: only two years ago, fifty-two thousand. Oh wow, they smashed. That's it. one heck of a jump. Good job, you guys. Yeah, and uh, congr- congratulations on on continuing that legendary place there on. Is it Lake Delton? No, yes. Mirror, Mirror Lake. Mirror Lake. Oh, it's Mirror Lake. Yeah. That's right. It's in Lake Delton. At, right. And if you're lucky enough, if you do make reservations or try to get in, to, see if you can sit at one of the tables that overlooks Mirror Lake, because it's just spectacular. The view is just gorgeous. All right. There, all this free advertising, not even open. till April, then they start again. Stephen Carroll. We were talking about shopping earlier, and this—this this, I mentioned this on Friday when I was when I was working, and, and this is one of those things that needs to stop. And it's called. There's a lot of terms, but smash and grab is oh is, sure, where a group of people just assault the store, cause mayhem, steal stuff, break things, and then run out the door. And this is happening all around the country. Right, I know it's a new trend, and you know this is just me talking. Why don't you get a job? Why don't you learn to do something? Get a trade. Do something. Be a contributing member to society. Don't go in and put these poor people that are trying to just make their own living and you're just robbing them blind. You should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, I mean, it's, it goes into the Friday's piece was more about shoplifting in general, where, where stores, retailers have had to basically, you know, I want to say just look the other way, but they don't aggressively go after it like they used to. So they just kind of put it in the hands of police. And let's be honest, police are understaffed right overworked right and uh frankly their the respect for police is, is as low as it's ever been where do you think that storyline is going to go and i think it's going to go to these kinds of stories where sure. people are just assaulting stores well because you never know what somebody's got on them this is where we've become as a society we don't know if somebody's packing something and so it's just easier just it's easier to write it off or talk to my insurance company than even you know threaten them or try and stop them my dad 
He owned his own pharmacy. I remember my dad multiple times taking off down the street and catching people. But that was 1970. I did, and I was a stalker in a grocery store. We chased people that were trying to steal cigarettes and the like. Back cigarettes, well, they were like twenty three cents back then. Well, they at at that time they had cartons out in the aisles. Seventies, oh. late seventies. <laughs> you want to know? Here's the, and this is a true story, and I'm I'm telling you this just because we had a proliferation for some reason of people that wanted to take the testers of the colognes instead of <laughs> you know they would take the tester and um, <laughs> one of the. Uh, Somebody that uh, worked at my dad's store decided to uh, pay back was going to be a you-know-what, and he went peed in the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, that's going to get a rude awakening when he steals that tester of high karate. <laughs> that's a smell you won't forget. That's hilarious. What are you wearing? <laughs> All right, she's she's Caroline, Steve. Lots to get to. After the break, we got to talk about it. We we've given it some time. The travesty, the uh, the horror of what happened in Waukesha did not need to happen, and we're going to call out some folks and uh, just ask the basic question: Could this have been avoided? And I think that simple answer oh, is yes, yes. And that's in this world we live in, we need more yeses. After the news, which is next, right here in WTMJ. It's Monday, the first day of the work week, the most fun day of the week, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City. It's Monday with Steve Scafidi and Carol Kane. Good morning, Wisconsin. Welcome to the 11 o'clock hour Monday edition of the big show here on WTMJ. I am Steve Carroll Kane to my radio left. Not that that really matters. You could be in my radio right. Wouldn't matter if somebody was listening. Would it? <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. Useless detail. It's it's whatever you want to say, Steve. Your name's on the show. That is true. All right. So I I I wanted to give it some space. Obviously, you and I did a much different show last Monday. Yes. In the aftermath of the uh, the tragedy yes. in Waukesha, and then I'm I've been reminded throughout the rest of last week and early this week about what happened with the, with the loss of six lives. Tragic. 60 plus people injured. Yeah. I saw the uh, the moment of silence last night. Last night. Led mm-hmm. by Mayor Sean Riley, who was actually, I had him on the show on Friday uh, in studio here. We're talking about all of this. And, and the thing that has continued to bother me and frustrate me is the lack of consequences for the people that made this horrible decision to let this individual out. Why, back out on the streets. Why in the heck are we not hearing more about this? That's a I, great question. I don't understand. I mean, I was reading about it this morning, and I actually found out a lot more than I've been exposed to because nobody's touching this thing. It, it is frustrating for a lot of things, and I'll get to the CNN headline, which also further angered a lot of folks on social media yesterday. But the, the, the reality of the situation is the individual who is now in custody was released on a $1,000 bail weeks before the attack. Here's some of the things he was charged with, allegedly punching a woman who I believe was his wife, stealing right. her phone, right. running her over. In a parking lot. With the same car, or mm-hmm. SUV believed to have been used, not believed, was the same vehicle used to cause the, uh, the horror at the, the uh, parade in Waukesha. Had other firearms, felony charges, active warrant out of Nevada, Record of skipping bail, $1,000. Well, the individual who set the bail, set the bail, mm-hmm. 
And my question would be, why is this not a bigger story? He was a court commissioner. Yep. He I'm, did serve... Uh, his name is Cedric Cornwall. Right. He was present at that arraignment when that bail was posted. Yes. Has responded, as far as I know, somebody from the news media can update me if this is different, has not responded to any emails. Nope. That's what I hear. Phone calls. Nope. That's what I hear. You know, here's... In addition to being grossly, you know, and this guy, Brooks, his mother, who bailed him out on that $1,000, has come out and said, I can't believe I bailed him out. I shouldn't have. And if, you know, six people would still be alive and all those people wouldn't be injured if I hadn't gone and paid the $1,000 because I could. And in addition, on that same day, that same day, This guy set bail for $500 for a guy accused of strangulation, battery, and domestic violence. And a day earlier, he set bail for a woman facing three felony charges, including one for child abuse at $1,000. Okay, what's wrong with this picture? You tell me. Well, this is not how it should work. And I I understand there's been a a big movement, I mentioned this on the show Friday, to... to, um, be a little more lenient. Bail reform is one of the common terms. Prison, incarceration models that suggest that we're, we have too many people in prison. I get all that stuff. The guy had an arm-long list of stuff. Exactly. And I, I don't look past the DA, John Chisholm, in his office. They're, they're announced, they announce an internal investigation. He has said, apparently in a statement to media, that this bail recommendation was not consistent with the approach of the Milwaukee County District Attorney's Office towards violent crime. You think? The thing that bothers me is, as we, you know, we read about stories like this, often not with as tragic results right. or horrific, the massacre really of the members of the Dancing Grannies, young people, many of them who are still in the hospital. Yeah, I think Children's Hospital has like, I think they're down to single digits, like maybe nine or so, and none are considered to be critical, thank God. But the act of going to a parade should not be one that is tied together with somebody trying to mow down people that are in the parade. And I'm sorry. Yes, we have to think about the people we put in prison in our jails. We always have to be conscious of nonviolent versus violent. But this individual had a clear history of violence. Mm-hmm. And for $1,000, $1,000, Cedric Maxwell, the Milwaukee County DA's office, let an individual out who horrifically killed, massacred six people in Waukesha and injured dozens of others. Now, and correct me if I'm wrong. But I think that because his bail now has been set at $5 million, Correct. And I've heard some reports, and like I said, correct me if I'm wrong, that the person, the commissioner that set that bail still thought that that was just a little too high. And to tell you the truth, I would have set no bail. No bail. No, nothing. You can't, you, can't, you can't get out. And, look, and I'm not an attorney, neither are you. And no. we understand there's, there's rules and, and I policies get, yeah, and protocols yeah. for all this stuff. But at the end of the day, I want to live in a country where I'm reasonably as assured as I can be, and again, nothing's perfect, that if I go to a parade on a Sunday night in a city in America, we're not going to be mowed down by some crazy dude who shouldn't be out on the streets in the first place, who also, by the way, which is not being reported, which is a whole other issue, okay. had a history of saying on social media platforms, not real friendly towards people of... That look like you and I. Right. Okay. Got it. And frankly, maybe we should report on that, which brings us to 
The CNN, have you seen the CNN story? I don't think so. Well, apparently they had a, they call it a chyron, I guess, or a banner on the news thing that, that essentially blamed the massacre on the vehicle, the car. Not, no well, mention was it of driving the, itself? Yeah, well, that's the question that people are asking. Okay. Where's the mention of the individual, this person, the scum, you know what, mm-hmm. who killed, massacred six people on the streets of Waukesha last Sunday? Where's the mention of that person? We, we have gotten to this point in this country where we want to scrub out all of the ugly stuff and pretend, which is really what it was, that it was the vehicle that The vehicle did. that mis- it misfired? That was, just a me- that was just a mechanism. Yeah, the mechanism was sitting behind the wheel of the thing, pressing down on the accelerator. And can I just say this? I almost went completely nuclear in my own little head when I saw him being escorted into the courtroom and he's visibly distraught and his head's on the table and, you know, the lawyer's putting her arm around him. I'm like, are you kidding me? Don't even think you're going to make yourself sympathetic to me because I've got nothing but vitriol hate for you at this particular juncture because you took out my people. You took out my people. Now, I get, again, I'm not a lawyer or an attorney and no, I'm a not judge. either. And I get that they're, they're, they have to set these based on the, the likelihood that they'll return to court. Thanks to the texter for pointing that out. I think one's danger to the population should be considered. You can disagree. I don't care. This individual ran over his wife. Mm-hmm. Amongst other things. And for $1,000... 50-page rap sheet. $1,000, you let him walk. And we saw what happened in Waukesha. I don't even know, as you're setting that bail, how you don't have that inner voice that says, this is not going to end well. This is a bad guy. It's a, he doesn't seem to really have any remorse for anything. So why would I think that $1,000... and and I know his mom has come out and she's very remorseful and she says, I shouldn't have done it. Um, Carol here, my son's got a 50-page rap sheet. He's got bail set at $1,000. You sit there. You rot there. I mean, I'm not coming to get you. You're going to sit there. Uh, you know, at some point, we have to have a reconciling here. For example, here's one. Okay. Why is this not a hate crime? An individual who is black targeted predominantly white audience in a parade and, and mowed him down. That's a valid, valid Maybe, point. And, and indicated, at least if you believe social media, that he was targeting those people. Why is that not a hate crime? Oh, because that's not politically correct. I, right. Um, I, we, yeah, and the th- here's the thing. Can I just say this? What's so difficult for people in our position, we have to tread so lightly. We have to tread so lightly, and it's really unfortunate. At some point, I get that. I get the argument, right? And I want to be fair to people. Sure. But when somebody commits an act like this, to fall back on protocols and policies and not say to ourselves, not just take or shake D.A. John Chisholm and uh, Cedric Maxwell, shake them by the shoulders and said, you understand what happened here, right? This isn't just a procedure question. Six people were brutally massacred on the streets Mm -hmm. at a parade. Mm -hmm. There should be some... There should uh, be some consequences. Yes, absolutely. Why is that so hard for people to believe? Mike from Illinois joins the conversation. Got me worked up on this one. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Mike. Thank you. Uh, This happened last Sunday. 
you know, it, it was tragic. I drive through Waukesha for work a lot. Uh, it's a beautiful town. Um, made me, you know, feel pretty, pretty lousy, bad. Um, everything you guys are saying today is true. Um, it, you know, we're uh, facing the consequences of people. You know, Jeff talks about it in the afternoon about all these carjackings that happen. You know, I think it gets worse instead of getting better. You know, stop that. Um, and the other point I wanted to make in what you were alluding to, Steve, is that if this had been opposite and it had been a white person that this, it would be a hate crime immediately. Immediately be called a hate crime. But since it's a black person, it's not. Yeah, I mean, thanks for the call, Mike. I mean, let's if we're going to be consistent, let's be consistent. And I don't have a problem and with again, being consistent. And again, charges have to be proven in court. I get that. But let's not make it easier for people like this person to do these things because there was recourse here. You could have not let him out for $1,000. You could have made his bail $100,000. He might still be sitting in jail. Probably. Woe is him. Right. And six people and 62 other people would be still alive and not injured. Yeah, let's talk to their families. You know what I mean? Come on. Let's talk to their families as to these victims, as to how they feel. What, what's their opinion of this? It's ridiculous. Here's, here's the question. And I know Jeff Wagner has alluded to this on his show many times, as, as uh, the caller said. The court system seems to be doing everything it can to keep people out of jail. I understand what they're trying to do. But at the end of the day, if you're making our daily lives more dangerous, more reckless, in the case of Waukesha, allowing a massacre to happen on the streets of a city that is just trying to celebrate the holidays, mm -hmm. somebody dropped the ball here, and there needs to be real consequences, not an investigation, I'm air quoting that, internal investigation. How about an outside investigation to see what the the attorney's office is up to in Some, Milwaukee? You know what? Sometimes that whole, air quotes, internal investigation is nothing more than just buying time. I'll just say we're doing an internal investigation. I mean, if Chisholm wants to call us, give us a call. And we're going to do an internal I know, investigation. I know John very well. Okay, I he, don't. He, um, he was involved in our shooting in Oak Creek. He was, I've obviously known him as a person for a long time. I don't care about that. At the end of the day, innocent people were run down by a, a lunatic who should not have been out of jail. Why is that hard for people to understand? Doesn't diminish the efforts for prison reform or incarceration reform or being fair and equitable to all members of our country. But at the end of the day, somebody dropped the ball here. And I want consequences for the Cedric Maxwells of the world, and in, including our own DA, John Chisholm. Has to be some consequences here. And I'm sorry, internal investigation, just not enough. 855-616-1620. I say we have a lot to get to as far as this investigation not just for the individual who did it, who created this chaos and this, this massacre in Waukesha, but the individuals who let him go, let him out on the streets to create that. Where's the justice there? If you want to join the conversation, 855-616-1620. I, I get fired up on this because at the end of the day, to me, this did not need to happen. And I, I certainly don't want to impact the families. I spent... Monday's show and, and some of Friday's show talking with the, the people involved here. I had the mayor of, sure. of Waukesha, Sean Riley, on the show in studio. I had Sharon Millard, who was one of the dance, the surviving members of the Dancing, Dancing Grannies, Grannies, who was absolutely devastated by this, who lost her teammates, right. her friends, mm -hmm. as a result of this massacre. And I'm sorry, we are not going to just let them do their internal investigation and not comment on this because this is a common problem. A, a theme that we're seeing is in this, this new world of reform and uh, improvement on uh, and how we 
Let me, uh, dole out justice. Yeah. We're losing track of the ball, missing, missing the point, and that is that we have to, at the end of the day, have to keep everybody safe, and we're not doing that. Let me ask you something, because I don't know the answer to this, so I'm being sincere when I ask this question. Is the, is the goal of trying to reform these people, these defendants, if you will, so great that we, and are we the bleeding hearts that say we can help them, they can be better? Is that so great that that's why some of this bail is not set as high as it should be? Because I'm here to tell you right now, some people can't be reformed. Absolutely I, I, not. Just, just the way it is. Look, if the end game is to have fair and equitable justice for everyone, sign me up. Absolutely. Okay. But at the end of the day, if that means we're going to allow people to get out on the streets that should not be out, it doesn't excuse law enforcement. It doesn't excuse judges. certainly doesn't excuse DAs and uh, court commissioners. Everybody's involved in this. Everyone needs to be focused on, on one goal, protect and serve. Mm-hmm. As much as I'm concerned about the rights of individuals who are charged with crimes, I'm more concerned about the victims of those crimes. And maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm not. We have to start thinking in that mindset. We are seeing crime in this country creep up again. Not creep, that's not even the right word. Explode. That's right, it's exploding. Violent crime, not a good, not a good trend. And I have to think some of these efforts to... Dumb down our, our bail requirements to dumb down what qualifies to send a person to prison. Maybe we need to get back to the days where you did this crime, this is how long you're going to jail for, and take the, all the, uh, the, uh, the ability for a judge to say, you know what, he's a nice guy, I'm not going to do that. Maybe we that's need to take what, that away for a while. Right, that's what I'm saying. They're not, some of these guys just aren't nice guys. And you say you're not a lawyer, but you're at least coming across as a passionate human being, passionate, compassionate human being, who's looking out for your neighbor. It's not like you're out wanting to take these guys off, you know, off the street just because they are not nice guys. The guy tried to run his wife down and he was in a domestic dispute before he went and started mowing people down in the city of Waukesha. You know, I mean, sometimes you just have to throw away the key. Waukesha did nothing wrong here. No, nobody did. I'm fighting for the people of Waukesha and, and I don't throw around the word massacre lightly. This should not have happened. No, I'm not saying, yeah. The world is not a perfect place. We know that things will happen. But in this case, this individual should not have been out on the streets. And I'm sorry, Cedric Maxwell. If somebody asks you a question, you damn well better answer the question. I want him to man up and start answering phones and texts and letters. I I think that's, that's the least you could do. That's the least you could do. We deserve some answers. You know, this is the same guy, Cedric Ma- uh, Cornwall, rather. I've been saying Cedric Maxwell. I apologize. It's Cedric Cornwall. Apologize for the uh, incorrect last name. Same guy that ran for a, a judge seat in 2014 and, and lost. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we take the positives where we can get it. Cedric Cornwall. I'm telling you, he set bail for 500 for a man accused of strangulation, battery, and domestic violence. And the day earlier, a woman who was charged with three counts of felony, one for child abuse, three felonies, that was $1,000. In whose world does that ever make any sense? Not in mine. And it does bleed into other things. This is as horrific as it gets, hopefully. Hopefully we won't see something worse. But when you, when you talk about cars driving without registration, reckless driving, th- there's a reason why all this stuff's happening. 
There's a big reason why is because we are too lax in sentencing now because we've made this effort to be fair. If fair means more dangerous, more violent, don't sign me up for fair. Not, it's not going to work for me, and it's not going to work for the general public. No, Sorry, that's no. my take. 855-616-1620. Lots of texts. You're welcome to call as well. Quick break. Stephen Carroll on this Monday edition of The Big Show here on WTMJ. I am Steve Carroll here as well. And one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this is I saw on social media, and again, you always have to take social media for with a grain of salt because it, it is inflammatory and often over the top, but, but some do-gooder posted a, a comment that basically said there's nothing wrong with the, the, the bonding system or the bail system in this country. And I, and I go, this is the time you sent that out. This is the time you chose to send that out. Yeah, I don't When we have a clear that. example of someone who should not be on the streets, mm-hmm. who was bailed out apparently by his mother for a thousand bucks, and then mows down six people and injured 62. That's when you decided to post that. Yeah, the timing is everything. You know, it was bad. That's bad. Ben joins us from Jefferson Hi, County. Welcome to the show, Ben. You're on WTMJ. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Um, I, I was a law enforcement officer in Dane County for the last 13 years and, and luckily made the switch to the Waukesha County area. Um, but the agency that I left, I mean, this isn't conducive to just Madison. This is, or excuse me, Milwaukee. It's, it's everywhere. Um, there's a gentleman that uh, my old agency just took into custody within the last month that had six open, open violent felony cases in Madison that he got signature bond on um, for all of them. Two of them uh, I was part of where he beat his living girlfriend uh, and pulled a gun on her multiple times. Um, he's arrested with the gun on him. Uh, this last time, He's seen in a, a, a stolen vehicle that was in an armed carjack in Chicago with a, a trail up through the Madison area for armed robberies. He's taken into custody with felony levels of drugs and a, a, a handgun that's um, made into a fire fully automatic. Um, you're, you're in law enforcement. Why is this? Why is this happening? Why are we? Why are we allowing this to happen? So, I can only speak on what I've actually seen and been a part of and have firsthand knowledge. There's a judge in, in Dane County, Everett Mitchell, who, um, if you're a juvenile and you go through his court, you're getting out right away. We had a, a group that were known uh, to steal cars, um, and uh, I, I hate to say it, they're, they're African-American-based. Everett, judge Everett Mitchell is African-American, and the, the quote that I was told from a former chief of mine uh, was that he refused to, um, to set another African-American on a course for, you know, in the judicial process and these guys would literally laugh at us as we took them into custody saying oh well i'll be out tomorrow and they were out tomorrow i mean 60 60 stolen cars for one group of kids in a a three-month span okay as a law enforcement professional this has got to be frustrating for you and the others that you work with it's just i don't see how it can't be it's it's absolutely frustrating that was part of my reason uh for for leaving dane county um, there's no accountability. I mean, you see the same number of people over and over and over again. Um, and it's, I, I, honestly, it doesn't, what concerns me most is the average citizens who are getting their cars stolen and, and they're calling up and, and they see their own cars, you know, fleeing the scene of another crime and they're calling in like, oh, I spotted my car in this location, can you help? And there's, there's basically, you know, no chase policies throughout most of the jurisdictions around here. And it's just these people, it's a revolving door, and it's, it's incredibly frustrating. It's incredibly disheartening to, to do the job on top of everything else that's going on where you just have to look a victim in the eyes and be like, 
Now, hopefully, you know, it turns out parked in a parking lot somewhere. Yeah, Ben, thanks thanks for making the call, and thanks for your service as well. This None of this can be easy to deal with. And when you see just this constant churn of the same people, I asked the police chief probably about a year or so, so ago now about, about all these rising numbers. And he said, Steve, you know what it is? It's the same people just doing the same crimes over and over again. Just keep That cycle just keeps repeating itself. And then when their younger brothers and sisters wait, you know, grow up to an age, they get involved in it. It's, sure. it's just a cycle of violence. Here's my message to all the, the do-gooders, who people who want to really accomplish something. Do you think the best way to accomplish racial equity, solve racial injustice, is to keep letting people who commit violent crimes out on the street? Is that really the best formula? Because I don't think it is. I don't think it is. And it's a failure by a lot of different people with, I'll admit, they they have good intentions. You want people to be treated fairly and not based on race. But the bottom line is if you crit commit a crime your victim doesn't care what race you are no they just want justice well and you make a very solid point in the fact that these people are are really good intentioned they are they they're looking through the world through looking at the world through rose-colored glasses basically and that we can help everybody and we should be helping everybody and sometimes that's just not possible it's just not possible scott from south milwaukee joins the conversation welcome to the show scott you're on wtmj good morning Good morning, Stevie. Yeah, here's here's my question. What what somebody needs to answer for it? And when somebody's checked into the Milwaukee County Jail, whatever, there's a there, there's a report run on if they have any holds on holds on them from other jurisdictions. So, Mister, so the, the guy from Waukesha again, he had a hold on him from the state from the state of Nevada Correct. for some fe- mm-hmm. for some felony. Yep. Why was when they again when they went to release him again because. The Waukesha County Court Commissioner had this all this in his report that he read out in court. When they went to release him, whatever, why was that information not available? And why, and, and so, like I said, Chisholm or somebody from his office, whoever needs the answer to the fact that why was a phone call not made out to the state of Nevada saying that we have this guy, whatever, in our jail right now? He just posted bond. What do you want? Us, do you want us to hold him, whatever, for your? For, for your warrants that you have that you have outstanding for them right now. Yeah, I mean, it's That's a, gra- a question it's, that needs to be answered. Absolutely, Scott. Thanks for the call. Somebody needs to answer a question, whether it's Cedric Cornwall, the court commissioner who was present at, at the arraignment of this guy, right, or Milwaukee County DA Chisholm. Here's another one. Governor Tony Evers. Don't let them get by with just an internal investigation. How about a statewide investigation? How about the attorney general getting involved? Uh-huh. Why was this allowed to happen? 